0: Hi. Good morning, everyone. If we've not met before, my name is Garrett. I'm one of the pastors here at Lakeland. And we've never got to do this before, but this is my brother Jason. And he is the Milestones Director. And so we're going to uh, uh, bring our, our message together this morning. We're kind of excited. We've never gotten to do this before. Um, we are celebrating 20 years of ministry this morning. But before we go there, I want to go back um, you know, twenty two or so years before that, talk about when I first became a follower of Christ Jesus. Um, I was in college at the time, and I remember, you know, how the college environment is. You, you hang out with people between every class. you see them all day long, you're talking all day long. And I remember back in that stage uh, how every conversation I was in, would turn spiritual, because that's what I was excited about. That was the kind of the new thing in my life. So uh, whatever we were talking about, it would, it would turn to, you know, what Jesus was doing in my life, what God was doing in the world. Of course, college, so a lot of diverse opinions. Everybody wanted to argue and discuss that. We, we had a Bible study on campus that we led that was attended also by three witches, Right, so college, you know, everybody's all in there together and interested in each other's ideas. So that was always very colorful and exciting. But um, I think now about the conversations I have day in and day out, and they're not like that. They, I don't have a daily hour by hour conversation where I get to tell someone what God has done in my life and hear what God's done in their life and talk about these types of ideas. And, and frankly, sometimes I feel guilty and I wonder what has, what has happened to me that, that every day isn't, isn't filled with that on fire 24-7 witness of what God has done. I hear this uh, from many in this congregation as well. A general feeling of cooling off and not in a good way. A general feeling of not being where we used to be, not being as excited as we once were. It's like we had this one big milestone in our life when we, when we were baptized or when we rededicated our life to Christ. God did an amazing work in us. And uh, we had that one big milestone and we just kept celebrating that celebrating that decision, celebrating the way God came into our life. And it's, it's truly a profound moment. It's truly a profound season. And so we celebrate it, and rightly so, and then we keep celebrating it, we keep celebrating it. And pretty soon that profound moment, as, as grateful as we are for it, it's getting to be a decade or two in the past. Is there anything else to celebrate on the spiritual journey? Others of you have expressed a feeling of wandering aimlessly right now. We're not sure what we're supposed to be about. Does God want something from us uh, this week? If he does, we seem unclear about exactly what that is. A feeling of wandering. I know when I, back in those days, when I first became a follower of Christ, I took a friend down to Rolla for a campus visit. And, uh, and while he was doing his meetings and everything... I got out this spiral notebook, and I opened to Genesis chapter 1. I thought, well, if I'm going to follow God, I bet, I bet it, there's a lot in this, in this book. And uh, every chapter, I would stop and write a journal entry or a little letter to God about what was in that chapter, what I'd learned, questions that I had. I, went, I filled up this spiral and this one and, and this one and this one, and seven years later, read the entire Bible and wrote a little something about every single chapter. And then by then, I was married. By the time I finished it, so you know my wife and I did, we turned back to Genesis 1, and we did it all again, this time together, yeah. every chapter to discuss and plot. We don't read the Bible like that anymore. What happened to us? What happened to us? Why can't we stay on fire 24 hours a day, seven days a week, reading the Bible every day like we used to? It's even came up this year during Lent. You know, During the season of Lent, remember Pastor Dan asked us, get out Post-its and put up Post-its in your kitchen about things you're grateful for. And my family, we were really excited. We needed it at that time in our life. And we wallpapered our kitchen cabinets and things we were grateful for. So then Lent came to its end, Holy Saturday. I said, okay, guys, it's Holy Saturday. Tomorrow's Easter. This is the last day for the Post-it notes. And the kids were like, no, we want to keep doing it. And I'm like, yeah, we'll keep doing it. Well, it's always good to say what you're grateful for. Since Easter, we've put up, I think, a total of four post-its. Why were we so on fire 40 days of being grateful, and then it just kind of the air came out of the balloon? I noticed this in our family. I try to restart some of that stuff. Eh, I thought we were going to do this post-it thing. Eh. We do really good in our family like that season of Advent leading up to Christmas. We do really well that season of Lent leading up to Easter. About the rest of the time why can't we be on fire 100 percent, 24 7 i turned to scripture for this answer to this this problem and i did not find it i found the sabbath i found the sabbath it didn't it didn't call for a, a daily all day long worship but it called for one day a week that was set aside to rest and to celebrate what god has done and whole day out of the week. They had prayers for the rest of the week, but mostly it looked like those other six days they were working. I looked to Leviticus. Leviticus is filled with festivals and holy days. In Leviticus, there are week-long, no-work, celebrate-what-God-has-done-for-us festivals. There's another festival week-long, no-work, repent-of-our-sins as an individual, as a family, as a nation festival. But I noticed none of these festivals occurred during planting season or harvest season. The festivals come right before planting or right after planting or right before harvest or right after harvest, but during planting and harvesting, it looks like they were mostly planting and harvesting. We used to sing this song in elementary school, music class, 365 days of Christmas each year. It's really catchy. Every day, every night. Why can't we have 365 days of Christmas? That's the most wonderful time of the year. I'll tell you why. The food's too fattening. (laughs) We'd all weigh 700, 800 pounds if we had 365 days of Christmas every year. And my wife turns into a baking machine during that time. And, and, And candy making. Candy making is not even cooking. Candy making is science project. Yeah, boiling and watching and whistling. And, and if she steps out of that kitchen for the wrong 60 seconds, it turns to sugar-flavored cement. <laughs> Who could keep that up 365 days a year? And then there's the presents. The presents, I love them, but they're too expensive. Sometimes it takes all of January to financially recover from December. Who could do that all year long? And then I'll tell you the, the real problem with 365 days of Christmas. You're going to argue, but you're wrong. There are not enough good Christmas songs to last all year. No, no, there's not. I know they're starting to play it on the radio now, but at our house, you're not allowed to listen to that radio station until the day after Thanksgiving. And let's be honest, there's barely enough good Christmas songs to last from Thanksgiving to Christmas Day. No, the, yeah, no there's not. Not unless you're willing to listen to, you know, Last Christmas That Gave You My Heart by Wham, which I am not. Willing to listen to that song. So. And that Paul McCartney one. Just, mm. All right. No. There's not enough Christmas songs. We can't have to. We, why can't we be on fire. A hundred percent. 24 hours. Seven days a week. Maybe the answer is that we're not supposed to. I know that's. Kind of counterintuitive and maybe the opposite of what you were thinking you were going to hear as we crank this up. But what if God has built into the very seasons of creation seasons? Times when things grow and times when things are harvested. What if God has built into our lives rhythms? Rhythms of rest and work, praise and repentance and the everyday. What if he has built into his scripture these same rhythms, and they do honor him? Jason, what's your take on this?
1: Yeah, well, when you told me about this idea of the the various seasons and the holy festivals from Israel, um, I looked that up, and what I discovered was that not only are these seasons where they kind of turn up the spiritual intensity, but they all revolved around one story, and that's the story of when God freed the Hebrew people um, from the Egyptians and then led them into a promised land. And I think as I kind of thought about this, I thought, well, what if the reason that this story is there is because, in a way, it it paves a path for the younger generations. In a way, it, it says, look, look what God does for our ancestors, Surely. Surely he can do that for us now. Are we feeling lost and fearful? Well, fear not. Look what God did for our ancestors. Maybe he's doing that for us now. Have we become distracted? Idolatrous? Certainly our people did all of that. And time and time again, God freed them from that. And so for us today, I think, I wonder if God isn't aware that we are still very prone to wander. I wonder if he isn't knowing that we are short of memory. I wonder if he knows that we can be so easily distracted. And I wonder if he's offering us the same great gifts that the Israelite people had. A gift of a season of intense spiritual practice. And then a gift of a season of work. So that in our lives we can also have a path paved out before us that says, look, look what God did for our ancestors. And surely he will continue. Here at Lakeland, we're thinking about, in thinking about this, we've decided like maybe we should create a path of our own. Let me get this path right here though. What if we took seasons, much like the Israelite people did, and we came together? And we came together in worship and prayer, a time where we could set aside distraction. And what if we called these milestones? That's what this is here. It's a mile marker. I'm a big hiker, and some of the places I go, there aren't necessarily paths. And so how you find your direction is just a jump from one of these to the next. And as I was thinking about this more, I started to discover that there's verses out there, like in Joshua chapter 4, where it says this. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men among you, one from each tribe, and tell them, take the twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of a Jordan River. This place, by the way, is a place that God had just done a miracle. He had separated the waters, much like in Egypt. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. You see, in the events surrounding this passage, the Hebrew people had a ton of work to do. They had just been surviving in the desert for 40 years. They were getting ready to enter the Promised Land, and they knew that was not going to be an easy task. But God stopped them, and He gathered them. And He said, pile some stones and remember what I do. Because you're going to need to remember that as you can continue down. And perhaps we need more of this activity at Lakeland. We do this sort of thing at our baptisms, like Garrett said. But what happens after that? Surely the the story continues. Surely there's places along the way we can stop and gather to help each other down the path. And oh, what a gift this could be. So up on the screen, this is what we're thinking in our community. This is how we're going to express this here at Lakeland. We've been doing this in our K-12 through ministry. We decided, let's put down a milestone path. And what we did is we took the most important things of a growing faith. The things that we said, what are the, what are the things that our kids absolutely need to know or be? Or, or what relationships do they need to have? What mentors do we need to put in their life? What are the most important things to grow up in the ways of God? And we spread them out. You can see that path for our kids down there at the bottom. They're a little browner than the others. And on these paths, our families can gather. They can develop new spiritual rhythms and habits as a family. They can learn new things. They can pick up friends for the journey. And what if we do all this for our adults as well? And that's what we want to do. We will spread out some of the most important things of what it means to grow as an adult, aging through life, growing in maturity, learning new things, having new experiences, spread those out and create stopping points where our families and our small groups and we as individuals can gather and all be on a path together. Let's play a video.
2: With a clap of thunder, God saved Samuel and his people. Samuel gathered the people and raised an Ebenezer, A pile of stones. It represented God's help to this point, and surely this help would continue. Surely, they are on some sort of path, an adventure with the Most High God in a Promised Land. Like the ancient Israelites, God is calling us to adventure, to walk with Him. But this path is not without struggle. It can feel like it lacks direction as it felt to the Hebrew people. It is important to come together to remember to raise an Ebenezer and say, Look what God is doing. At the milestones, we reorient together. We gather tools to prepare for the next leg of the journey. We might gather and reorient around the Word of God. We might take a season to slow and pray, seek clarity. We might discuss the needs of the church, remind ourselves of its mission and take action. We remember the poor. We remember compassion. We gather with friends that are in similar places of the journey. We share what we have learned on our journey with those that are just starting out. We take a season to stop and take notice, to awaken our senses to the beauty of God's creation. At each milestone marker, we gather, we learn, we reflect, we grow, and we move closer to Christ, to live in this world as we ought to live in His image. These are our milestones, where we say God has helped us this far. Surely, he will continue.
0: Do you want this kind of a journey? We don't want one more religious duty to try to be on fire for all year long. But do we want this? We want a clear path and defined goals that change and grow as we change and grow into other stages of life and other stages of understanding and closeness to God. Goals that change with us. Prayers that change with us. Worship that changes with us. Each year to have a time to engage and grow deeper roots. And and if you have kids in your family, there'll be some years when the milestone is for them and for the family. And in between those youth milestones, then there's one just for you. And when you invite people to become part of this community, Lakeland community, that you'll know what path to set them on. Come. Let's find where you are in the milestones journey and how you can help them move toward Christ no matter what age they are, no matter what stage of faith they are, unchurched, churched, dischurched, way, way overchurched. You could say there's a place in this journey for you to put one foot in front of the other and here it is and for you yourself to not have to, to throw up your hands and give up because you're just worn out and exhausted from trying to care about everything at a fever's pitch, trying, tired of trying to do everything all at once, all the time, week after week, year after year. Instead, there'll be a time and a season for growth that will be clear to you. And you'll also not be swept along by the meaninglessness of this culture we live in without goals or without purpose certainly without worthy goals and certainly without a worthy purpose. When we come to the church, to the church community, to Lakeland community, we'll be coming into a place that has trails, trails to follow and trails that people have gone before us on. And there'll be streams to cross and we'll need each other for that. And there'll be hills to climb. And yes, there'll be cliffs to scale for those difficult parts of the journey but we do it together. And we do it in a defined time and a place and with intentionality and with purpose. And it lets us arrive in that place that the Gospels and the letters of the New Testament talk to us constantly about, that place where we live in Christ. To live in Christ. And the church will no longer be a place where you feel like you're failing if you're not on fire 100%. 24-7 24 7 and frenzied with religious activity every day. Rather, you'll know when the spiritual seasons are and how and when to take those into your life, and which ones are right for you and your friends and your family. And during those seasons, of course, we'll have a loving expectation that we would all, for that time, put the world aside and chase after the kingdom with all our might. Remember this Old Testament pattern we rediscovered this morning. That there are seasons when you are out in the fields and you're planting and you're harvesting and you're working for a living. But that's only a part of who you are. We also have set aside times of celebration. To go into the temple and say, tell me again this story of this God who loves me. This milestone, these milestones represent those seasons when we return to gather together. Jason, we have a milestone coming up. So tell us what this one is
1: all about. Yeah, Our first adult milestone is going to be called the Origins of the Faith Milestone. Did you take all of my notes, Garrett? I think you did. Mm. I'm kind of a thief like that. Yep. let me find. Well, I can tell them about a note off the top of my head. That's your notes. That you're writing. Mm-mm. Oh, you cup of mine in. These aren't mine. Okay. Um, that's okay. So, yeah. So, the first one that we have coming up is the origins of the faith milestone. And what that milestone is going to be is for people that um, want to understand the most important things about the scriptures, the heart of our faith, we want to try to examine where does it come from and what about questions of reliability? Is this, is this a reliable book that we can be looking through? We want to take ex- a, a look. Thank you. Um, we want to take a look at some of the things from our faith, uh, the central key ideas. We want to look at things like the Apostles' Creed and say, what is the Christian worldview and how does that affect my family and my politics and my life and my work? It will be a series of classes. They won't all be classes. Some of them might be experiences. This one in fact has a relational experience along the way. They could be from November 3rd. And they're going to run about 5 weeks for this first one. It's going to be on Thursday nights from 6:45 to 8, And we think it's important, so we'll provide childcare. There's a small fee to pay for sitters. But we want this to be fun. And for some one thing I'm excited about is we are a growing congregation. Sometimes you can get in your pocket in your small group and that's good. I think you only need a few really close friends on a spiritual journey. But I love being a part of something bigger, a church, the body of Christ. And these milestones are chances that we're going to be able to hike out in different directions, but then come back together and rub shoulders with old friends and old relationships. It's also going to allow us to create space for new friends. This is a big body, but it's not big enough for this city, right? The Word of God needs to continue to spread out. And at these milestones, it can be something like Garrett said, you can bring a friend and say, come with me to this. And there'll be a clear path into this community, a clear path into this faith. And you can just bring them right along with you. And I'll say this too, if this milestone idea doesn't appeal to you at all, this first one we're talking, the origins of the faith. Maybe you're just at a different stage in your spiritual journey, and that's actually okay too in fact, we're going to talk about that, Dan and I, next week and how that might play out. But if you'd like to hear more about this specific milestone for today, what I'd like to do is in your program, you should have one of these cards. And I'm actually going to give you a moment right now, or Garrett will, to fill this out. And for any of the reasons I just listed, if you're interested in examining your faith, the Bible, the creeds, the the most central doctrines then you should fill this out. If you want to bring somebody for the journey, you should also fill this out. But mostly what we're excited about is the beginning of a path. Not just celebrating baptism, but ways that we can reconnect all along the journey, moving in one direction as one church. And as Garrett said, we will move right into the arms of our risen Savior. We will all move together in Christ. Garrett?
0: I do believe this uh, pathway is going to do a lot toward moving us toward Christ and none left behind and frankly, none bored. Sometimes just trying to do the same thing just makes you bored. Being bored with the kingdom of God is the most tragic thing I think could happen. The Miracles of our creator. He surely wants to meet us wherever we are. So let me give you a few moments to talk amongst yourselves. Like, do we want to do this? Do we have questions? You know, I heard the Bible was copied by hand and passed around. Can you trust that? Uh, one part of the Bible says, Love your enemies. Another part says, God, I wish my enemies would all die horrible deaths. What's up with that? Uh, when I sit down and open a page, sometimes I can't tell what's going on. Dude, would you like something to help with those types of things? This is what's going to be going on in this class. So take a few moments, we're just going to play a little music, and then I'm going to tell you about some other things that are going on this week and this month and today in our community. But let's get a few moments to seriously consider if this origin uh, milestone is coming at you at the right point in your life today. Uh, And after you fill that out, the right thing to do with it is to hand it to an usher as you leave, and then someone from our milestones team will contact you and let you know what information you need to finally decide if you want to go on that journey or not. So this is where you'd express interest in getting that call. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into these doors. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Hope to see you this afternoon.